You're listening to the Good Samaritan Anglican Church Podcast. The following sermon was recorded on November 4th, 2018. A reading from the book of Revelation. After this I looked, and behold a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. When I was a boy, I had the opportunity to uh, live in England with my father for about three months. There was a a church that he had served at when he was younger, and the priest there was uh, going on a sabbatical, and so he went and took his place for about three months. And so I went with him uh, so that my dad wouldn't be leaving my mom at home with two small children. Uh, and I had the opportunity to spend uh, time with my dad and, and spend time in a different country, going to a school in a different culture and, and some very wonderful things like that. But this opportunity gave me a lot of chances to go and visit all kinds of places around England. And if you know my dad at all, and some of you are getting to know him, he loves, and I mean loves, old churches. And so a lot of the things that we went to see in England were lots of old churches, these beautiful cathedrals and medieval churches. And if you go and visit these places, and I know some of you have been there, a lot of the time you'll go in and you wonder, is this a church or is this a graveyard? Because it seems like everywhere you walk in the church, you're walking on top of someone's tombstone. The, the floors have these, these beautiful carvings with people's names on them. Sometimes you see statues of people lying on top of boxes and their, their bones are inside the boxes. And so I got to see these places like Canterbury Cathedral and see the place where St. Thomas Becket was murdered in that cathedral because he wouldn't obey the king for the sake of the church. Or places like the Abbey in Canterbury, where St. Augustine of Canterbury first brought the faith to the British Isles as a missionary bishop to spread the faith and really began the church in England. And then I remember one bizarre opportunity. I went to a a church and I saw the the remains of a saint and there was this this, um, lead box in the shape of a heart 
And supposedly, this saint's heart was in that box. And I remember standing there and thinking, that's kind of gross. <laughs> kind of gross. Uh, so there are lots of, lots of things that we think about when we think about saints. Sometimes we think about these heroic lives and the stories they've left behind. Sometimes we think about kind of gross things like relics of saints that people go and, and visit uh, and things like that. So let's, let's think together today about why have All Saints Day or why even have saints? What is the point of this day? Why do we remember saints? Today is a day when we remember and celebrate all the saints who have gone before us. And as we read in that, that passage from Ecclesiasticus, which is in, in the Apocrypha, it was the first lesson we read today, it starts by saying, let us now praise famous men and our fathers in their generations. And then it goes on to talk about some of the different types of people who have been heroes in the past. Heroes not just for baseball or for farming or for leadership or any of those things, but heroes of the faith. People who have lived godly lives. What can we learn from their lives? And that's one of the things that we do on All Saints Day. We look back at the history of the church and all of those who have gone before us and we try to remember their stories and remember the things that we can learn from them. We remember their examples of holiness and we remember the heroic deeds they did for the sake of the faith. Some of them sacrificing even their lives so that the gospel could spread even to you and to me. So this is one of the biggest reasons why we remember the saints, because they inspire us and they give us examples to follow. But you might say, well, hold on. Why are we following saints? Don't we follow Jesus? And indeed, it is Jesus that we follow. But I want to remind you of a verse from 1 Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, St. Paul says, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Now, Paul was a sinner just like all of us, and all of the saints were sinners just like all of us. The only one who was ever truly sinless was Jesus himself. And so when Paul says, be imitators of me, he's not telling us to, to imitate those ways that he was sinful. He's not telling us to imitate his idiosyncrasies. He's not telling us to imitate those those parts of him that were not good and true. But he is telling us to imitate him in the ways that he imitates Christ. And so when we look at the saints, what we should see is not the saints themselves, but the example they've given us of following Jesus. And the things that we can learn from them are the ways that we too can follow Jesus in these same ways. So we don't worship these saints, but we do honor them, and we thank God for the examples that they've given us. We tend to use the word saint in a couple of different ways. And the first way that we use the word saint is the way that we've been using it up to this point in the sermon today and, and in our service today. And that would be uh, thinking of saints as exceptional Christians from long ago who have given us their stories to remember. And certainly that is one of the meanings of the word saint. But the way in which the Bible uses this word simply means holy ones. The saints are the holy ones. The Greek word is hagios. And this is how Paul addresses many of his letters. He says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, to the saints who are in 
Corinth or Ephesus or Galatia or Thessalonica. This is how he addresses the people who are there, the people in the church. Now, we know for a fact that the people in those churches were not perfectly holy. Let's just take 1 Corinthians as an example. We see there examples of people in the church being sexually immoral. We see a major division between the rich and the poor. We see people puffing themselves up because of their spiritual gifts and thinking that they're better than other people. These were not perfectly holy people, and yet he addresses his letter to them as the saints who are in Corinth. How can that be? How can they be saints and yet have all of these examples of sin going on in their church? In this sense of the word saint, in Paul's sense of the word saint, the saints are those who have put their faith in Christ and are being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. That process might not be complete yet, but they're on the road to holiness. They're becoming more holy as they live into their faith. And so while there are many saints who are honored year after year on particular feast days, there are countless saints who are remembered by few, if they're even remembered by anyone at all. And so today, All Saints Day is a a day to remember all of them. Whether they were famous or not, whether we remember them or not, today is a day to remember all of the saints who have gone before us, both the exceptional heroes as well as the average everyday saints people who just followed Christ in their lives. Who are some of the saints who have had an influence on your life? Who were the saints who first introduced you to Jesus and helped you to become a saint, a holy one of God? Are these saints still living, or have some of them gone to be with the Lord? Take a moment to just give thanks to God for those people who have been godly influences in your life. And I know many of you have lost dear saints in your own lives over the last year. And today is a day to remember those saints as well. While we struggle with holiness in this life, those saints who have gone to be with the Lord have been made perfectly holy. They don't struggle anymore. They don't have to deal with temptation. They don't have to deal with sin. They don't have to deal with sickness. Everything is finally as it should be for them. And everything will one day be as it should be for us as well. Our passage from Revelation today gives us a picture of what life looks like for these saints who have gone to be with the Lord. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. This is a picture of the future hope that we all have. And this is a picture of where those saints are who have gone before us. There was a concept among the Celtic Christians called thin places, or places where the separation between us and God is particularly thin. And you might have encountered a place like that before. Maybe you've gone on a retreat and you just felt particularly close to God, and so that space 
where you were on the retreat takes on a special significance for you. Or maybe it's this church or some other church that's had an influence on your life. And you can just feel very close to God when you're in that space. Or maybe it's a time or a place where you've been out in God's creation, maybe on a hike or on a camping trip, just enjoying the beauty of God all around you and feeling particularly close to God in that place. Truly, we can experience God anytime and anywhere because God is always present to us all the time. He is everywhere. But sometimes our awareness of his presence is dim. But the Eucharist is truly a time when the veil between heaven and earth is particularly thin. Because when we gather around the altar, which is symbolic of the throne of the Lamb, which we read about in Revelation, we gather around this altar with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, all the saints who have gone before us, all the holy ones who have given us their examples of faith, all the saints both famous and not so famous. We're one with them in the worship of the Lord. Anytime we worship, but particularly so in the Eucharist. And so another reason to celebrate All Saints Day is to remember that we are part of this communion of saints that we talk about in the Creed each time we recite it. This fellowship of all Christians living and those who have gone to be with the Lord, all of them together, worshiping the Lord in fellowship with one another. One of the fascinating things about this salvation story that we find ourselves in is something called the already but not yet principle. And normally we apply this to the idea of the kingdom of God, which is already but not yet. It's already inaugurated by Jesus when he first came, but it yet hasn't yet come in all of its fullness because there's still sickness in the world. There's still sin in the world. There's still temptation. There's still all kinds of things that are not the way that they're supposed to be. But we know that our future hope is that Jesus is coming back to set all those things right. And so there's a time in the future when that will happen and when the kingdom will be here in all of its fullness. And the same thing is true with our own sainthood, the already but not yet principle. Because we have been made saints through our repentance and through being washed in the waters of baptism. We have been made holy and declared justified and righteous before God. We have taken on the righteousness of Christ. But our holiness hasn't yet been made perfect. And so yet, yet again, we are already saints, but we're not yet fully saints. We haven't yet become the people that God has called us to be. In the Beatitudes, which we read this morning, Jesus gives us a vision of the holiness to which he has called us. And the word that Jesus uses over and over and over again is makarios, which means blessed, or in some older versions of the Bible, happy or fortunate. Blessed are you. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. As we think about the saints, both the famous and the less famous, these words from Jesus are the kind of words that we might use to describe those saints. 
And these are also the kinds of words which are supposed to be used to describe us. And in our better times, perhaps they do describe us. And in our not-so-better times, they're the places where we need to grow. Certainly, these are some of the characteristics that we should all be striving to emulate ourselves. But be warned. Be warned. Because no amount of human striving will earn you a place standing with the saints around the throne of the Lamb. We strive out of thanksgiving for what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. But it is only faith in Jesus Christ that saves us. It is only faith in Jesus Christ that gives us those white robes of purity, that places those palm branches in our hands, and that allows us to stand with those saints and declare the praise of the one true God. It is only faith in Jesus Christ that saves us. And so this is why we must remember one last beatitude. And this one, not from the Gospel of Matthew, but from the book of Revelation. Just a few chapters after where we were just reading. And in chapter 14, verses 12 and 13, it says, Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Ultimately, the thing that makes us saints, the thing that makes us holy ones, is not the things that we do, but it's the Lord who makes us holy. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. And so we need to put our faith in Jesus. And out of that faith in Jesus flow all of the other things that he desires for us to be and do. It's through his power, it's through his strength that we're able to strive against the forces of darkness, that we're able to spread the gospel to those who don't know him. And so today, let us take our place and stand among those saints. Let us rejoice in the saints who have gone before us and now rest from their labor. Let us celebrate their examples of holiness, but most of all, let us share in the faith that they have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all your saints, those known to us and those we don't know. We thank you for the examples that they've given us, examples of holiness and examples of Christian action, leading lives of faith and doing great things in your name. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to live into the example that they've given us. That you'd help us to be imitators of these saints as they are of you. That you'd help us to pattern our lives more and more on the things that you call blessed. And that one day you might make us perfectly holy as we stand around your throne and worship you with all the saints all the angels and archangels, all the company of heaven, and declare you to be blessed. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This has been a production of Good Samaritan Anglican Church in Middleburg, Florida. 
For more sermons, sermon notes, and information about our congregation, please visit www.goodsamaritananglican.org sermons. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please subscribe and leave us a review with your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening. God bless you.